Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Buffalo Shots Podcast. Hello again and welcome to another Horror Shots Podcast with me, Casey. Now, of course, this podcast is brought to you by the wonderful people over at MorbidlyBeautiful.com. Morbidly Beautiful is a wonderful one-stop shop for everything horror in the pop culture realm. From interviews to lists to retrospectives, introspectives, whatever you want, they have it. I highly suggest go checking them out right now while you listen to the podcast here. They also have an assortment of podcasts that you can listen to when you're done with the Horror Shots podcast. They have the Campfire podcast, which is all about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Remember that TV show from the 90s? Yeah, they talk all about that one in a series going over episode by episode. They also have They Mostly Podcast at Night, which is a movie review podcast between two friends. So the chemistry is automatically going to be great. Give either one of those or both a listen when you have a chance. Very much worth your time. Beyond that, I don't have much for you. Stay tuned afterwards for how you can help out the show, if you want, or don't. It's up to you. Completely up to you. But today we do continue our road trip through the eerie United States, and this time we had to take a little bit of a boat or a plane, depending on your preferred method of travel. We are hitting up the island state of Hawaii. And I say island state, but that's a little bit of a misnomer. There are other island states, obviously, but this one is probably the most famous, and it actually is encompassed by 137 islands spread over roughly 1,500 miles. It's a volcanic area as well, and it is technically part of the Polynesian subregion of the Oceania area. And it currently has a population of roughly 1.42 million people, so it's kind of small relative to many other states. It's also a very popular honeymoon and vacation destination, as, you know, it's tropical enough to be unique, but domestic enough to be comfortable and close, and you can use your own currency if you're from the United States. And it offers some of the best sunsets and scenery the world has to offer. So go check it out. If you're ever there, be sure to check out the urban legends I'm going to speak about today. But first, let's go into a little bit more about what Hawaii is, how it was founded, and some of the regional religions and culture. Hawaii has a pantheon of gods, very similar to something you'd find in Greek mythology or old Greek religions. And the breakdown goes as such. There are four major gods, Ku, Kan, Lano, and Kanaloa. Now, do forgive me if I am butchering those names. I'm not Hawaiian, never been, never really heard the Hawaiian language spoken before, so forgive me, I'm doing my best here. There are 40 male gods as well, or aspects, of Kan, 400 gods and goddesses of Kalao, a multitude of gods and goddesses, Ki, Kini, Akua, and spirits, and also some guardians. You could also break these down even farther into three major groups. Four gods, or Akua, 
Ku, Kane, Lano, and Kanaloa, many lesser gods, or Kupau, which associate with certain professions, and guardian spirits, associated with particular families. Now, there is also a common stereotype with the culture of Hawaii being very friendly, very polite, and very much about family and friends and getting together. In fact, it's typically good nature or good practice to bring gifts when you're invited to somebody's home. Parties usually consist of potluck dinners or brunches or whatever you want to call it. And from what I've always heard, they are very friendly when you first arrive. They're not really all that xenophobic, from my understanding, and they do enjoy having people come visit their land, so long as you're respectful of their cultures and traditions. So now that we have an idea of what Hawaii is and what goes on there, let's talk about today's urban legend, shall we? It does date back quite a ways, and it's a very interesting one. Maybe there's a moral behind it, maybe there's not. That's for you to decide. But today we are talking about the legend of the man-eating spirits of Ni Ihao. A lot of this information comes from 2-Hawaii.com. So if you do want to know more about the islands of Hawaii or just the region in general, go check out that website. Now this states here that early Hawaiians were always dependent on nature and the seasons for survival. They had to preserve their resources, and so they observed strict hunting and fishing seasons when the men were not allowed to kill animals or catch fish. But when the kapu prohibition was lifted, competition was fierce, especially in the case of fishermen, who then had to travel far to find abundant fish to feed their villages. Now this is a story of five men who had to do just that. Their names were Ekai, Elua, Akalu, Ia, and Alima. These fishermen were from Kauai, and on one trip they were forced to set out in their canoes to fish off the distant shores of Nihau, which was known as an abundant fishing spot. But in ancient times it was said that there were man-eating spirits that roamed the island. The island itself was very remote and uninhabited. The locations were dangerous, and anyone who ventured there was easy prey for evil spirits, and potentially even natural things, such as wildlife, and maybe even the elements. If you went unprepared, then there's a good chance you might not make it back. As the story goes, these five men were just ordinary fishermen, but they made the difficult decision to travel to the island of Nihau in order to find food to feed their community. It was a noble mission, and it had to be done as we just discussed that the fish closer to the main islands were scarce. Competition can be tough, and that goes especially for fishermen and hunters and people who rely on nature to provide for their survival. When there's a multitude of people doing the exact same thing you are, sometimes you have to think outside the box and take a risk or two. And that's what these guys did. They fished all day and ended with a good catch. When the sky darkened into evening, they went ashore to Nihau to clean, salt, and store their fish. They made a fire and ate some of the fish, and finally they lay down on the warm sand to sleep, for the next day would bring more hard work. However, when the sun rose, there were only four men remaining. Alima was nowhere to be found. At first, they panicked, imagining that the spirits had eaten their companion, and that they too were in for the same fate. But Ikai, the leader of the group, calmed them. He said that Alima had probably gotten up early with the sun for some early fishing. He would be waiting for them, and he would probably return with a catch if they didn't meet him down on the shore. Now the four men continued to work all day and returned late in the evening, but the beach was still empty, and there was no sign of Alima. 
They searched the area to no avail, and then they waited, and waited, and waited some more until the night grew dark and starry. Eventually they fell asleep, laying close together on the beach, presumably for protection. Safety in numbers, all that sort of stuff you learned when you were a kid if you took Boy Scouts or Girl Guides. Very good survival tips, actually, if you think about it. The next morning, Ia had disappeared too, and the men knew that it was indeed the man-eating spirits that had passed by in the night. Akulu insisted that they leave the evil place. Ikai said, Yes, it is an evil place, but as fishermen we lead dangerous lives. We depend on this catch to survive. If we leave now, our village will go hungry. There are only two days left in the season. Let us stay, but we shall sleep in a canoe offshore. Which in turn sounds just as dangerous. Even if it's a few feet offshore, or a few meters, a few yards, whatever you want to call it, there are fish, there are large fish, I should say, and potentially even sharks that roam these waters as well. Nevertheless, they chose to all do that. The three squeezed into a canoe, taking turns to watch the skies as the others slept. Ikai's watch passed quietly. Then he woke Alua. Alua's watch passed quietly as well. And then he woke Akulu. The next morning, just before sunrise, the men woke to the sound of beating wings and saw poor Akulu struggling to get out of the hands of a flying, man-eating creature. It was bat-like, with huge, staring eyes and a horrible black hole for a mouth. With one gulp, their companion disappeared, and the beast flew off into the morning mist. Elua cried out for his friend and cursed the place where they seemed doomed to die. But Ikai reasoned with him, explaining that if they left now, no fisherman from their village would ever dare to come back, and their families would not have fish. Without fish, they would starve. He came up with a plan to destroy the evil creatures. The two remaining men did not go out in the water that day. Instead, they toiled on the beach, building a log house. Inside, they placed two wooden images of the men that they have carved out of wood from the forest. Each image had a pair of eyes made of the gleaming white insides of mussel shells. When they were done, they waited for the evil spirits to come. Evening wore on and the two men, exhausted, fought against sleep. The hours dragged by and eventually they dozed. Suddenly they awoke to a strange sound close by. The spirits were at the entrance of the house, reluctant to enter. They were sure that the two men were standing awake inside the house. They waited and waited, hoping that the two men would go to sleep, but their impatience overcame them, and eventually they went inside and attacked the two wooden images. The spirits thought that the men were tough and stringy, and before they had time to realize that they had been tricked, Alua ran up behind and threw a fire torch at them. Then he ran to where Akai had the canoe ready on the water, and they paddled away as quickly as they could. The man-eating spirits were thus destroyed, and the two brave fishermen of Kauai went back to their village with plentiful supplies. The fishing grounds of Nihau remain safe to this day. Now, while that rendition of the story does leave the island of Nihau safe, not everybody agrees on that. In fact, some consider it a forbidden island. No one's ever gone back, according to another story. But that's what stories are all about. Sharing and evolving. Having new tales and takes on stories that are ancient and bring them into modern day. Sometimes the details get a little mixed up. 
And that's okay. That makes for an interesting investigation. And so I did just that. I looked into the island of Nihau. Now, it is on the westernmost point, and it is the seventh largest inhabited, yes, inhabited island in Hawaii. It's roughly 17.5 miles southwest of Kauai, and it's across the Kualaki Channel. It's roughly 69.5 square miles, and several intermittent playa lakes provide wetland habitats for the Hawaiian coot, the Hawaiian stilt, and the Hawaiian duck. Now, ownership of the island has changed hands over a few years, and is currently owned by the Robinson brothers, that would be Bruce and Keith. And the island does indeed have the nickname, the Forbidden Isle. However, beginning in 1987, a limited number of supervised activity tours and hunting safaris were opened to tourists. I did mention that it is indeed an inhabited island, with the census stating in 2010 anyway that there were at least 170 people living on the island. However, witnesses do claim that does seem a little bit high, and it ranges probably closer between 35 and 50 people. Some of the locals do support themselves by fishing and farming, while others depend on national welfare. All residents live rent-free, and meat is also free. However, Nihau has no telephone service and no paved roads. Horses are indeed the main form of transportation. Subsequently, there are also no power lines that run through the island. It's all powered by solar power. That's a very interesting and eco-friendly little place, if you ask me. The island also boasts no plumbing or running water, and all the water comes from rainfall. There's also no hotel, and barges deliver groceries from Kauai, often purchased by relatives with free shipping. So despite the isle, or island, being forbidden, so to speak, people do live there. It is accessible by certain means, and if you have special permissions from certain people, you can indeed visit it. So that does indeed bring us to the end of our look into the Hawaii urban legends of the man-eating spirits of Nihau. It just goes to show as well that no matter how beautiful or how serene some places may feel, there's always a deep, dark secret lurking in the background. If you do like what you heard today on the podcast, feel free to drop a review. Reviews help little guys like me get up into the upper echelons of the podcasting world. A lot of people seem to think that you need to support somebody financially in order to support them at all. Well, that's not the case. A review will do just as good. Even better, some may say. I'm one of those people. Or even sharing with your friends, family, and social media, that would also help. You can also find the Horror Shots podcast on Facebook at Horror Shots. If you are interested in helping out a little bit more financially, you can. You don't have to, but you absolutely can. And you can do that on patreon.com slash horrorshots. I plan on revamping all the tier structure so you get a little bit more out of it than that is currently listed there. And lastly, if you do want to contact me, feel free to do so through any of the social media channels I just provided or through email at horrorshotspodcast at gmail.com. There's also YouTube available. You can just find that in the description below. I've been uploading the podcast there weekly, and I'm going to start doing something a little bit more on the channel as well. It does have some old gameplay footage, and if that doesn't interest you, maybe you miss the History of Demons series that I was doing before I started the Eerie USA. Unfortunately, there isn't a whole lot of information available on demons, and it's hard to make a full cast based on 
just one particular demon. So I've been doing Horror Shots minis. And those are up on YouTube right now. The first episode went up this last week. So go check it out. It was on Morax. And that was a suggestion from a YouTube comment. So I do listen and I do read what you have to say. But that's everything I got for you today. Until next week when we continue our tour on the eerie United States.